amen and amen. All right, get your Bibles out. Let's get ready to study God's Word together. I'm excited today about continuing our series that we began a couple of weeks ago called God's Amazing Promises. God's Amazing Promises. Today, you may be in a financial mess. Today, you may be in a relational rupture. You may be facing a scary health situation or diagnosis or experiencing even family friction, the recent loss of a loved one or some inner torment that really nobody else knows about. But here's my good news for you today, and that is that God is a promise maker. God is a promise maker. And we have, as Christians, as Christ's followers, we have 24-7 access can you just think about that for a moment? 24-7 access to the throne of God where we can bring our needs, our praise, and our petitions. Wow, that is a privilege that as believers we need to never forget about. So over the past few weeks, we've been focusing on some important truths founded and rooted and informed by the fact that God makes promises and it is his nature to keep those promises, all right? Uh, the Bible tells us in Psalm 145, I love this verse, it says, the Lord is faithful to some of his promises and loving toward all his, oh, I'm sorry, I made a mistake. The Lord is faithful to what? All of his promises and he is loving towards all he has made. He shows love towards all that he has made. Uh, I'm greatly challenged by what Charles Spurgeon once said. He said, prayer is nothing but taking God's promises to him and saying, do as you have said. When you plead his promise, then your will becomes his will. I think Spurgeon was exactly right about that. So the presence and the prevalence of promises throughout the Bible regarding prayer is the motivation for my message today. So we're here today to talk about God's amazing promises as it relates to prayer. We've already talked about God's promises that relate to our identity. We talked about promises that relate to our future. We have a lot of good news. And today, I, I think it's very appropriate. I, this was already pre-planned, but it just happens to be fall on today when, boy, I'm challenging you and calling you to special season of prayer. But I want to talk to you about some of the promises God's made about prayer. And these six promises I'm going to highlight will propel your prayer life and give you a supercharge and a boost in that prayer life, all right? So they, probably some of them, they won't be new to you, but I have found even in preparing for this morning, I thought, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged. I'm encouraged to be reminded of what God says about prayer, all right? So let's look at some of those together. Number one, here we go, all together. Number one, God hears our petitions and prayers. He hears them. You might say, well, sure, of course, and some of you seasoned believers know that, but here, here, here's what I was reminded of recently. Uh, a few weeks ago, Carrie and I, I had had a repairman install done at the house, and, uh, and you know, it wasn't cheap, and <laughs> y'all know what I'm talking about, anybody feel it? And, and so it wasn't cheap, spent the money, a, a reputable uh, person who did the work, and uh, in the course of putting that uh, new system into, 
into action, uh, problems ensued. And so uh, I started sending text messages, phone calls. I did everything I know to contact the contractor, the vendor who did the install, independent businessman, and reach out to him and say, I need you to come back and to make this right. I, I, I can't tell you how frustrating it is to just go through that and not get a response, you know? And I, I was thinking to myself last night, I thought, aren't you glad that God isn't that way? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what do I have to do? I have to send up smoke signals in order to get this guy's attention? Do I have to run by his business? What do I have to do? Thank God, God is not that way. Amen to that. And, and, and he always responds to our house calls. <laughs> he always responds to our prayer uh, petitions, and he is listening, and he hears us. The Bible underscores this. So the promises we're looking at, these, these got to come right from the word. All right. So I'm just going to give you at least one and sometimes two for each one. So the first one I offer you here is from Jeremiah 33 and verse three that says what? He actually invites us, compels us. He says, call to me, call out to me. And he says what? And I will answer you. And then he even adds that. And I'm going to tell you great and unsearchable things that you do not know. This is a great promise. Not only does it say he's listening, he compels us, he invites us to call out to him. He promises us an answer, but then he also says, and I'm going to show you stuff too. I'm going to give you some download. I'm going to give you something that you don't know, and I'll show you unsearchable, great and unsearchable things, even as you call on me in prayer. What a great promise that is. And most of you are familiar with this next one, but it's one we need to camp out on, and that is in 1 John chapter 5, and it says, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Underline that. Highlight it. Whatever you got to do. He hears us. He's making a promise to us. If we will ask according to his will, he hears us. Now you might say, well, how do I, I don't know what to do because I don't know what his will is. How, well, that really puts me in a perplexing position. Not really. All you have to do is open up your Bible. All you have to do is open up the word of God and pray the scriptures to God. And now you are praying his will presenting his promises to God the Father. And he goes on to say, and we know if he hears us in whatever we ask, we know that we have the request that which we have asked from him. What a great promise to know that God hears and he answers prayer. Amen? So that's the first one. Number two, let's go to number two. The second promise is that your prayers are powerful. You say, Pastor, that is so simplistic. Yes, I know, but it is still true. And it is still a promise that sometimes, particularly when you've prayed and you don't see something happening, we need to remember the power of prayer. Much has been written about this, but the most important thing that's ever been written is God's word. So let's look at those scriptures. James chapter 5 and verse 16. I like this one translation. It's real simple, but it says this. When a believing person prays, great things happen. When a believing person prays, great things happen. Amen to that. It is the prayer of faith that will get things done for us. And Jesus tells us in Mark eleven twenty four, 24, a scripture that I've cut my teeth on since I was uh, 17 years old. Uh, Jesus said, I say to you, what 
whatever things you ask when you pray. So what kind of prayer is he speaking about here? Petition prayer. So when you ask for things, some of our prayer is just in the form of praise. Some of our prayers are other, they're all different kinds of prayer. <clears throat> but when you ask for something in prayer, it's petitioning prayer. He instructs us to pray in what way? Believe, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Wow. There's so many words in that scripture that deserve underlining. You probably just should underline, star, the whole thing. Just that whole verse, Mark 11, 24. Memorize it if you don't already know it. What a great, uh, great promise. And, 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 and I have one there on the screen, but I'm going to wait and make that uh, a special point. So I'll get to Matthew 18, 19 in just a moment. I think all of us probably in our personal lives have experienced answered prayer. And, and there's so many of those things that, that I, I I hardly know uh, which stories to tell, but one of the most powerful answers that I had, the story would take too long to take, and especially since I'm working on my 75-minute service length, I, I won't tell the whole thing, but I would just tell you the caps, the, the kind of the capstone of it. I was in the Democratic Republic of the Congo and was traveling outside of the city with friends and with some other Americans and some Europeans in the car. And we came up onto a village and one of the guys, one of the pastors jumped out of the car and started taking digital photographs of the village, all to find out that the village was right smack in the middle of a civil war uh, in the midst of that country. And some guys dressed in camos rushed the car that we were in with knives and guns. And I'm telling you, I am freaking out. Okay, I mean, I'm like, what is going on? And, and I remember uh, it took a while. They basically were asking us questions and trying to, you know, find out what language we can communicate in. And I was totally relied on our driver. And so he was trying to communicate for us. And we were just, frankly, we were just as nervous as we could be because I, I mean, I'm having images go through my mind of, okay, martyrdom. You know, mission field, great story. Someone will write it up at some point. That's great, you know. And, and, I, and I'm like thinking, this is it. This is it. And uh, so he keeps yelling and screaming. And he was doing more screaming than shooting. He wasn't doing any shooting. He was just pointing the gun and holding the machete. And I'm like, said to the guy, the pastor's in the back seat. I said, <clears throat> you know, I, this has gone on five, ten minutes. I said, guys, I just have a suggestion. I think we probably ought to pray, you know. Isn't that the way many of us do? We, we get in these situations and we, it, prayer isn't our first response. It ought to be our first reaction, but instead it's like if everything, if nothing else works, if our negotiating doesn't work, if our, if our using our personality or charisma doesn't work, well, maybe we ought to just pray and bring God onto the scene. Well, that was an obvious answer. God is the one who sent us there to do his work. So we agreed in prayer right then. We prayed that the three of us, I'm not sure what the driver was doing. I think he was still yelling back and forth with the gunman but uh we prayed together and agreed for god's safety and protection and do you know within another it took another 15 or 20 minutes but finally the guy uh the uh, the, the leader of the group literally lowered his gun he cracked a joke somehow in french and it was translated and basically where he's saying i changed my mind y'all go ahead and leave and i said to the driver go in Jesus' name, go. <laughs> Let's get out of here as quickly as we can. And we did. I can't tell you, we had a praise meeting in that van, just rejoicing because I knew, I mean, it could have gone another way, right? But we prayed. Your prayers are powerful. 
never underestimate them. Never undervalue the power that we carry in prayer. Let's look at number three. Number three, this is a great promise. The Spirit will guide your prayers. I'm speaking of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will guide your prayers. We are promised that in the Bible. Romans chapter 8, verse 26 and 27. says, likewise, and I only have a part of it, I think, maybe here in the, uh, on the slide for you, but let me read it all. Likewise, the Holy Spirit helps us, you and me, in our weaknesses. The, the idea here is not physical weakness, but it's like when you're, when you're in a struggle, when you don't know what to do, when you're in a difficult, tough spot. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Have you ever been in that situation, right? You don't know how to pray. So then you say, well, what do I do? I don't know. Well, here he tells us the spirit, but the Holy Spirit himself intercedes for us. That's a form of prayer. He will intercede for us with us and through us. And he does it even with groanings. And it goes on to verse 27 to say, he who searches the hearts, who is that Holy Spirit, he searches the hearts. He also knows what the mind of the Spirit, the mind of God, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. He knows what the mind of God is because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. That is so encouraging to know that when I don't know how to pray, I'm not sure I've covered all the bases. I'm not sure exactly how to say it, how to go about it. Maybe I'm a new believer and I just I'm, I don't understand prayer yet. This should encourage you today. This is a promise in prayer. The Spirit will lead and guide and He will even pray through you if you'll yield to that. Wow, that has been so useful in my personal life and I know in many of you. Number four, persistent prayers are encouraged persistent praying is encouraged now there's a number of scriptures that we could apply here and and, and for the sake of time i'm just going to give you one but many of you know even of the uh, of the parable that is told uh, of the one who is persistent who knocks on the door of the judge so it's a parable about persistency and and, and let me just read to you this verse that uh, it's very familiar to you but in luke chapter 11 verse 9 and 10 it's also found in other parts of the gospels it says jesus's words he says so i say to you ask and it will be given to you seek and you will find knock and the door will be opened to you let me pause just for a moment and, and, and say to you that in the original greek language it's important that you know you'll learn just you don't have to know the whole language but certain times it's helpful for you to know what the tense of the words are and here the word for ask seek and knock those are three actions words here right ask Seek and knock. Each one of those suggests ongoing, repeated action. Ongoing. In other words, it's literally saying, ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. What does that tell us? Persistence. Persistence. For everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks the door will be open. Uh, there's a saying that I read many, many years ago, and it's easy to remember by the word push, P-U-S-H. And I don't know whether you've ever you know, used that or heard that, but the acronym PUSH, P-U-S-H, literally stands for pray until something happens. Pray until 
something happens. This encourages you and me to persist in prayer. George Mueller, the wonderful missionary, um, missionary uh, Christian worker leader from Germany with opening up orphanages, all kinds of things, used to say this, it's not enough to begin to pray, nor to pray all right, nor is it enough to continue for a time to pray. But we must patiently, believing, continue in prayer until we obtain an answer. I could tell you some other stories of Mueller that would really encourage in that, but Billy Graham adds another important comment on this. Billy Graham used to say, heaven is full of answers for which no one has ever bothered to ask. Isn't that great? Heaven is full of answers to prayers which no one even bothered to ask. Have faith in the God of the dream. Let's ask God to bring the dream to completion. Graham said, God's answer is ready. It's just waiting for our personal and persistent request. Particularly as you're interceding for people. As you, as you intercede for our community, our nation. Can I just tell you, it, it's not an issue of just slapping one prayer up or attending one prayer meeting. We must be committed to persistent prayer. And there are moments where we get discouraged in our praying. But we need to remember this promise. Ask and keep on asking. Seek and keep on seeking. Knock and keep on knocking. Number five, the fifth promise is what? Prayers of agreement. Get things done. Prayers of agreement. Get things done. Now the scripture here is well known, but I just want to make sure I unpack it for you a little bit. Matthew 18 and verse 19 says, Jesus said, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. This is fascinating to me that he actually reduces it down to a number. He said, all you need are two. Now, I, I also believe that if you can get more than two, to agree, you increase. I mean, it's an exponential power released, but it's important that you know that this is not the way a lot of people read this promise. They read this promise and they think it means what I call a 30 second agreement prayer. And, and I'm not, I'm not opposed to you calling, um, you know, calling the 700 club and getting someone to pray with you on the phone. I, great, fine, wonderful, do it, but they're going to lead you into prayer. You're going to agree, and based on this, all I'm saying is that's not exactly what this verse says. What this verse is really saying is when it says agree on earth, the word there is a word that means a symphony, making a symphony noise. Now, when I was a little boy, my mom required me, <laughs> not optional, required me to go to the symphony. She said, it'll be good for you. She knew I, I would be a bum if I didn't have some classic in my life, I guess. So she said, you need, you need to get a little bit exposed to certain things, and you need to go to the symphony. So I went to symphonies and operas and all kinds of stuff. Um, and, and, and the point of the matter is that when I observed the symphony and then later played in a symphony and an orchestra, I learned that there were different parts. And multitude of instruments, but they had to play their parts in symphonic coordination with one another. 
And if they could ever, it sounds awful if, if, if they miss a note, right? So if, you, you play, if you're not on the right sheet of music and you're on one sheet, I'm on another sheet and we're playing, it goes, eh, it's dissonant. And, but if we can somehow get on the same sheet of music, the Word of God is the sheet of music. <laughs> that is it. That's the best. You and I can get on the same sheet of music and actually through relationship, and this is another, this is a great strength of having community, is we can develop a symphonic relationship in Christ where we become one in Christ and really uh, we, we not only love one another but we like one another and, and you can actually build that kind of community it takes prayer to the next level if two of you will agree like like instruments in a symphony on earth concerning anything that they ask it will be done that is a big blank check that is amazing promise so let me encourage you, find people you can agree with. Work at developing agreement. And when you develop those relational harmonies with people, make prayer a priority in that. You'll get more done as you find people to agree with. Even as tonight, we're gathering for a special focused prayer for our nation, and we're going to agree. We're going we're to come into harmony on certain things that we're going to pray about tonight. And I tell you what, uh, agreement is powerful. I'll just add this before I uh, go to the close, and, and that is, I really am convinced that the devil um, division is one of the devil's greatest tools, and one of the greatest power plays that you can ever have in your book is as a couple, as a married couple, if you're married, praying together. You have great power that can be released if you pray together in agreement, if you agree on something and pray, you have great power. Last point, all right? Number six, that is this. Jesus is praying for you. This is one that you may not have thought about, all right? Jesus is praying for you. Let me demonstrate it. A couple of scriptures, and it won't take long. Romans 8, 34 tells us Jesus is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Jesus is at the right hand of the Father. He's interceding. He is praying for you. Right now, a lot of people say, do you know what? It's a good question to ask people. What do you think Jesus is doing right now in heaven? We know the Holy Spirit is here on the earth doing God, the Father, and the Son's work here on earth. But have you ever wondered to ask, what do you think Jesus is doing in heaven right now? He may be doing other things, but there is one thing we know he's doing. What's he doing? He's praying for you. He's praying for me. Right now, he's interceding. We see it a great example uh, in the life, uh, actually the death of Stephen. And when Stephen was being martyred, we know that the scripture says in Acts 7 and verse 55, it tells us about Stephen. It says that he was Stephen full of the Holy Spirit. He was gazing up into heaven. He literally saw the glory of God. And when he looked up there, he also saw what? You remember the story? He saw Jesus. Jesus was on the right hand of the Father. And it doesn't say it, doesn't say it specifically, but I, I think it is more than inferred. It's more than implicit here. Uh, Jesus was praying for Stephen. He was praying for Stephen to go through what he went through. And then we're reminded in Hebrews 7, it says, therefore, he is able to save completely those who come to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. Jesus today is praying for you.
Are you encouraged by that? Can I remind you of the six promises very quickly? Number one, God hears our prayers and petitions. Number two, our prayers are powerful. Number three, the Holy Spirit will guide your prayers. Number four, persistent prayers are encouraged. Number five, prayers of agreement really get things done. And six, Jesus is praying for you and for me. These are, shall I say it again, amazing promises. And I pray that you will lay hold of them. I want our worship team to come. They're going to close us in our service today with uh, uh, a well-known uh, doxology, a Benedictine song of closing, offering glory to God. But may I pray with you before they sing this song? Because there's some of you that are feeling ruptured relationships, uh, financial messes, uh, effects of the pandemic, maybe just some personal things. I want to pray for you right now. And uh, I welcome even those who are with me here in the room this morning just to stand in agreement with me. Because I want to pray for you who are here. Some of you specifically have needs who are here. And those of you that are watching us live and those of us who are viewing later, this prayer will work no matter when you hear it and when you watch it. Heavenly Father, we are standing today with the confidence that we have from knowing your promises. We're not wasting words. We're not wasting our breath. When we come to you praying and believing, we believe in prayer. We believe in the power of prayer. And Father, there are times that uh, we, we're, we regret not leaning enough on that. We're comforted today that the Holy Spirit guides us. We're comforted to know that Jesus, even right now, you are standing at the right hand of the Father and you're interceding and you're praying for us in our situation right now. You're praying for our community. You're praying for our nation right now. Today I pray for individual personal needs, no matter what they are, how personal they may be, unspoken needs and I pray today that you would minister to their lives Holy Spirit would you just work deeply in our lives touch us heal us restore us open new doors for us all we ask for your great strength and courage Lord we lean upon you we trust you and I'm praying that today that miracles would be released and people who are ill and sick right now would feel the power of God surge through their bodies. Those that are struggling with addictions, Lord, that you release them and set them free. Lord, we thank you that you are our answer. And we offer you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Worship team, please close us with this song.